0: Welcome to Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK Podcast. This is episode one of Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK podcast, and this week we're going to cast our gaze towards Dudley Castle. So let's go over a brief history of Dudley Castle before we go any further. The castle is located in the town of Dudley, which is in the county of the West Midlands in the heart of England. Dudley Castle started out as a typical Mott and Bailey Castle as early as 1070, but the majority of what you see today was completed by around 1321 by John Somery, who had quite a fearsome reputation. The castle passed from keeper to keeper until 1537, when John Dudley ousted its current owner, John Sutton, due to money troubles. During his time in the castle, John Dudley constructed more buildings within the main walls, and things seemed to be going well, until 1553. Because of his part played in the attempt to install Lady Jane Grey as Queen, he was executed at Tower Hill in London. Lady Jane Grey would be forever known as the Nine Days Queen, and she too was executed. Many years passed until the First English Civil War of 1642 to 1646. Dudley Castle was held as a Royalist fortification, but it fell to Parliamentarian forces led by Sir William Brereton in May 1646. The castle-keeping gatehouse were partially destroyed or slighted as it was known back then. This was to show that the captured castle was no longer valued as a fortification, but to also show that the building was now symbolically unimportant. In the mid-1750s, most of the remaining buildings inside the castle were destroyed by a great fire, but by this time, the Earls of Dudley were spending most of their time at their more favoured property, Himley Hall. This is another haunted location, which we'll hopefully come back to in a later episode the Earls of Dudley did return to the castle to oversee repairs and rebuilding to parts of the structure in an effort to make the ruins presentable and tidy. Throughout the 1800s and early 1900s, the ruins were used as a location for fairs and fêtes, but it was in 1937 that the Earl of Dudley opened Dudley Zoo within the castle grounds. As you would expect in a building of this age, there have been plenty of sightings of ghostly figures as well as poltergeist activity and other forms of paranormal events. To this day, Dudley Castle remains one of the most haunted sites in the UK. Ghosts have been seen and reported at Dudley Castle as early as the 1870s. A man named Harry Bentham recorded the case of a guide who, with two other people, witnessed something very strange. He stated, quote, It happened on a fairly quiet afternoon. I was sitting at the bottom of the castle keep with two other people, in full view of the doorway, when suddenly two elderly people came around from the keep dressed in either 17th or 18th century clothes. They were walking arm in arm and the man held a crooked walking stick and wore a very tall hat. They walked straight past us and up into the keep. I went up after them, but there was no one there. They had just disappeared. End quote. The ghost of the Grey Lady is one of the most famous. Now, this ghost shouldn't be confused with Lady Jane Grey, who was beheaded in the Tower of London. The Grey Lady of Dudley Castle was known as Dorothy Beaumont. Dorothy lived in the castle grounds at the time of the First English Civil War and was married to a Royalist soldier who helped protect the castle during the conflict. Dorothy and her husband had a child, but my research ran into conflicting stories as to whether the child was a girl or boy. Either way, the child died shortly after its birth, and not long after, Dorothy also died. Her dying requests were that she was to be buried with her child, and that her husband was to attend her funeral. Unfortunately, because of her husband being a royalist soldier the parliamentarians who had captured Dudley Castle refused both requests. Now, tormented in death, Dorothy still roams the castle grounds to this day. Her ghost has been seen many times, but she appears mostly by the castle keep and in the pub on the castle grounds, which is named after her, the Grey Lady Tavern. Activity in this location has been particularly high with occurrences including alarms going off at random times with no clear explanation, strange sounds throughout the pub, extreme temperature fluctuations, and even the reports of a mist that has appeared and floated through the bar. Another sighting of the ghost of Dorothy Beaumont was reported in 1966. A teenager who was working at the zoo began to hear strange and weird noises, As the noises became louder, they were accompanied by the appearance of a, quote, shape of a woman in a white gown. The employee was so shocked that they soon resigned, never to come back. One of the best standout pieces of evidence to be put forward to support the possible existence of Dorothy's ghost was a photograph which was taken in August 2014 by Mr and Mrs Dean and Amy Harper. They had climbed to the top of the main castle tower and had began taking photos of the castle grounds, towards the Sharrington Range Tudor Palace buildings. It wasn't until they began to look back through their photos on the evening, that they noticed a female figure in a doorway wearing what looked like period clothing. Is this proof of a real ghost? This happened again in another incident almost a year later in 2015. Lee Mackin from nearby Bilston took a photo of his nephew Benjamin from the Castle Tower with the Sharrington Range Tudor Palace buildings in the background. After going home, Mr Mackin browsed through the photos on his phone and noticed what looked like a figure standing in the doorway of the Sharrington Palace. He copied the photo to his computer and then connected it to his large 50-inch TV and looked again. Sure enough, the faint grey figure of what looked like a woman was stood in the doorway. The ghost of Dorothy Beaumont is certainly one of the most sighted and photographed spirits inside the castle grounds. Let's move on to the ghost of John's summary. If you remember from earlier in the podcast... John Summery had carried out extensive building work in the castle. His ghost is alleged to haunt one of the most active areas, the Chapel Undercroft. It's in this location that an ancient stone coffin resides, and it's this coffin that allegedly held John Summery's body. Now, there have been many forms of activity reported here, including strange grinding sounds with no source or apparent location. ...feelings of dread and fear and even poltergeist activity, which included a chair being physically flipped over during a paranormal investigation. A black shadowy figure has also been seen here on a number of occasions and was even captured on camera. Some people who have visited the area have also reported the eerie feeling of their clothes being tugged at or pulled by an unseen force. Going back to the stone coffin mentioned earlier, we're presented with a very strange sighting, again, allegedly of John summary, but not his whole body. The stone coffin is in fact made up of two coffins, and on many occasions, just the legs of a spirit have been seen. The top half of whoever this spirit is has never appeared, so it is assumed that the legs belong to John summary. This strange apparition was seen by an employee who was in the Undercroft cleaning. As she was going about her business, she noticed a pair of old-fashioned leather boots by the coffin. As she stared at the site for a few seconds, the boots disappeared right before her eyes. The Chapel Undercroft was also the location of the zoo's aquarium, and in October 1962, Staff working at the zoo were met with strange moans, groans, and icy cold blasts of air. Doors also opened and closed with no cause or explanation. A ghost hunt was held a few years prior to these occurrences by the Birmingham Psychic Research Society, and even they reported similar experiences, and also one of their members feeling a physical tap on their shoulder. In the same area of the castle... Another employee saw a young girl in medieval clothing peering in through a window, seemingly taking notice of what they were doing. Upon looking away for a split second, and then looking back, the girl had vanished. Our next story revolves around a 17th century drummer boy. Recent documents, which were found a few years ago, shed light on the fact that there were in fact two drummer boys killed on the same day. After a violent incident broke out at the castle, two drummer boys were killed by stray musket bullets. It's unclear who these unfortunate victims were, and also whose ghost is sometimes sighted at the castle gates, but these spirits are heard more than seen. It's not unusual to hear the clear sounds of drumming coming from a number of areas of the castle. Is this a case of the drummer boys continuing to do their job hundreds of years after their deaths. More ghostly activity can be found in one of the most unlikeliest of places, the Castle and Zoo Souvenir Shop. Many people who have worked in the shop have stated that they were petrified when in there alone. Multiple reports of poltergeist activity have been experienced there, including items moving to different locations inside the shop and an entire shelf of soft toys being swept off by an unseen force. When the Most Haunted team turned up to do a live event on Halloween a few years ago, they found that the shop area was one of the more active areas of the castle grounds. With almost all of the cast and crew inside the shop, and filming at the time, they recorded what appeared to be sounds from a number of places being made almost upon command. Another area of interest are the underground canal tunnels, caves and old mine shafts that run all around this area. Whilst it's unknown exactly how many lives were lost during their construction, it's safe to say that there must have been a number of deaths and casualties whilst the work was underway. The mine tunnels and caverns are said to be of large proportions. So large, in fact, that one cavern known as Stores Cavern... ...was used in World War II as an area to store clothing and ammunition. Fossils have also been found, which date back to over 400 million years, when this area was in fact a seabed. Efforts are being made by Dudley Zoo to excavate these tunnels in caverns so that one day... ...visitors will be able to see them in all of their glory. But whilst these areas still await full access to be granted we do know that there have been discoveries and stories which have only gone on to reinforce the paranormal happenings which have occurred around them. For instance, the tiger enclosure is predominantly constructed from the surrounding limestone landscape. Natural weathering has worn down the rock in this structure and in 1961 new caves were discovered, but inside the caves the skeleton of what was confirmed to be a woman in her 40s was found. After an extensive police investigation, little more was discovered about who she was or how she died. During the 19th century, a miner was also killed when the rock above him gave way and buried him alive. Witnesses have not only reported hearing the sounds of a pick-hitting rock, but have also seen the ghostly apparition of a miner walking through the solid wall of the bare enclosure. Paranormal investigators theorize that a number of factors could be involved which can enable ghosts, poltergeists, and other activity to appear stronger in some areas than others. Having over a thousand years of history, some being extremely violent and bloody, Dudley Castle seems to exhibit all of the ingredients needed to become an extremely haunted location. You have the following factors included here. History death, despair, suffering, stone and water. These ingredients in one way or another can allegedly enable traumatic and horrific events to be recorded into the surrounding environment. Legend has it that an old woman once used to live in the castle keep. There are a couple of stories here that tell the same tale but in slightly different ways. The first story says that the woman hung herself on Halloween. Upon the discovery of her body in the castle grounds, her cat was also found dead below her hanging body. The next story tells of a group of men who had heard of the woman performing witchcraft. They proceeded to scale the castle walls, capture the woman or witch as they felt she was, and act as her judge, jury and executioner. This poor woman's death seems to be replayed every Halloween and even officers of the law have seen her. Two police officers were sent to Dudley Castle one evening to attend what was reported as an intruder who had been seen on the castle keep. The officers arrived and spotted a figure in black wandering around the top of the keep so decided to split up and apprehend this trespasser. One officer stayed at the bottom and whilst the other climbed the stairs to capture whoever had decided to break into the castle grounds. As the officer had reached the top of the keep and began searching, the officer on the ground clearly saw the black figure following his colleague. Preparing for a struggle, the officer below got ready to intercept the intruder, but was amazed and bewildered when only his colleague appeared at the bottom of the stairs. He swore that he saw nobody at all whilst he was up there, but his partner swore otherwise. A similar sighting occurred when an entire ghost hunting group, which had been organised on Halloween as part of a charity fundraising event, saw a black figure patrolling the castle battlements. Another truly amazing sighting happened in the early 80s, again at an event with hundreds of witnesses. In 1983, a celebration of medieval times was taking place inside the Castle Grounds, with a competition in the evening for the best medieval costume. With the judges scanning the crowd for a winner, they all noticed an elderly woman in sackcloth with a grey shawl. She looked amazingly authentic, and even her feet were wrapped in sackcloth. They unanimously agreed to award her first prize, but when they came to pick her out from the crowd, she was gone. The judges even went down to the entrance gates to try and find her, but there was no sign. Officials on the gates were all 100% certain that no woman matching her description had walked past them and exited the grounds. Authors of the book Beer and Spirits, David Taylor and Andrew Homer, had their own unique experience of the paranormal at Dudley Castle. Being part of the paranormal research group, Parasearch, They were called in to investigate strange disturbances in an area of the castle known as the Roundhouse, which is near the front entrance. This area was being used as temporary accommodation for a children's entertainer, who had been hired to work over the summer, but this particular entertainer was having all sorts of problems, and none of them were anything to do with children. His sleep was constantly being disturbed night after night, by loud noises, banging and knocking on his bedroom door and, on top of all this, strange misty figures would appear in his bedroom, as well as on the stairs. As the parasurge group staked out the roundhouse, they suddenly heard a huge metallic crashing noise. Upon entering the entertainer's accommodation, they were expecting to see a scene of absolute devastation, but instead... Nothing appeared broken or moved. Do events like all of these have sufficient energy to be able to print a recording of themselves into the surrounding stone and other items? This is, in effect, the stone tape theory encapsulated. The ghost of the hanging witch has been sighted on a number of occasions, but what brings about these sightings? What triggers the replays of these events? What causes everyday people, employees, and even persons of authority to have these sightings? Thousands of people pass through the entrance gates of Dudleys and Castle every year. And almost all of them have no paranormal experiences at all. No sightings, no strange feelings, nothing. But a very small number do have an experience. A small number do see, or in some cases, even photograph a ghost without knowing it. Are these people chosen somehow to have these experiences? Are they more sensitive to paranormal vibrations and happenings? Or are they more susceptible to suggestion from the surrounding environment? A large domineering castle. Stories of bloodshed, war, violence and death... ...may all be factors to the brain unknowingly cranking up the tension until we think that we see or experience something. But I think it's also very important to respect the experiences that people have had at Dudley Castle. To listen to them and to try and understand what's going on. It's very easy to dismiss these occurrences but it's much more interesting and fun to investigate and to retell these stories. So remember, when you're walking around Dudley Zoo and Castle and enjoying the scenery and the animals, just keep a curious eye out for anything strange or unusual, because the next person who may see a ghost could be you. Well, we've come to the end of the first episode of Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK podcast. But before I go, I'd just like to do a little housekeeping and make a few announcements. First off, thank you to all of you who have listened. And if you've enjoyed the show, please leave a five star review. This will help the show tremendously. Secondly... I'd like to give a shout-out to a few podcasts which, if you're struggling to find interesting material to listen to, these will definitely quench your thirst. Wherever you download your podcasts from, try searching for the following. Astonishing Legends, The Strange Sessions, Haunted Housewives, The Salty Speculation Podcast, Killing, Missing, Hidden, and from the podcast network, Unexplained Mysteries Conspiracy Theories Gone And Extraterrestrial Next, if you've had an experience or sighting whilst visiting Dudley Zoo and Castle, then please email the show at hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com That's hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com with full details of your encounter I will try my best to read out as many listener stories as possible in any follow up episodes that are made. I would genuinely love to hear from you so please get in touch Similarly if you feel that you've heard something in this podcast that isn't quite right then please get in touch with any revisions you feel are needed and I will include them in a future episode Last of all if you have a podcast that you need mixing or you need original music writing for your podcast, then please get in touch via email to pinkflamingo.musicproductions at hotmail.com. That's pinkflamingo.musicproductions at hotmail.com. This podcast was recorded at Pink Flamingo Music Productions Studio in Helzowin, in the West Midlands, England. Thank you all so much again for listening, and we'll be back very soon with another episode. Until then, stay safe, take care, and look out.